You are listening to the most inconsistent podcast ever. Confessions of an Angry Metalhead, even though I have been releasing a, well, at least one podcast per month for the last few months. I have fucking no idea why, but just understand that that's probably going to come to an end soon because I have a lot of other shit I want to do at the beginning of the new year and podcasting and writing blogs is going to be the last thing on my mind. So just keep that in fucking mind, okay? Um, so, and how am I going to finish this off at least for now? I'm going to talk about the last gig I ever did with my very first heavy metal band. Um, they had fired me after about five or six gigs. Um, they had fired me right before I went to see Motorhead, which I'll leave a link to. Actually, no, I don't have to leave a fucking link to that because just scroll through my fucking podcast history and you'll find the episode. It's pretty cool. So, like I said, um, we did five gigs, six gigs altogether, and, and, and one of those was actually a Dimebag Daryl tribute show at the now-defunct Don Hills in Manhattan. Um, that was actually our second show, a fucking good week or so after the very first gig we ever did. And I'll leave the link to that, at least, because I wrote, did that three and a half years ago, and I wasn't doing a podcast yet. Funny thing is, the band and I remained friends, at least for a few more years, which I mentioned in the previous podcast when I spoke about going to see Black Label at Starland. Um, I even saw this band's first and only gig without me, in which our bass player, John, had switched over to my now former spot as guitarist, and a friend of theirs took over John's position as bassist for a Randy Rhodes tribute show at Dock Street Bar and Grill, which I call Cock Street. Um, I even recall that the band chose to play Over the Mountain, the opener to Diary of a Madman, my favorite Randy Rhodes era Aussie record, uh, as their tribute song of choice. That situation didn't work out for long and for reasons I cannot remember. But I do know that while on the phone with Idris, our singer, one night, he told me that the band had one more Dog Street show lined up, but were potentially going to cancel. Why? All because they didn't have a second guitarist. Fucking seriously? I know what you're thinking. There's another, you don't have a guitar player, but what about the guitar player that switched to bass or the bassist that switched to guitars to guitar, to guitar player? I'll get to that momentarily. But to me, that sounded more retarded than when Idris said he wasn't going to introduce the songs because he wanted us to sound like we had been around for five years. He actually said that during rehearsals for the first gig. So that, along with my knowing that it'd be a while before I'd play another gig again while I was putting my own band together, prompted me to, out of the blue, volunteer my services for one last gig. The deal was the band would call me only if they exhausted all their options. 
Idris agreed and said the band would talk about it. And I guess they uh, exhausted all their options rather quickly because within just two days, I received a voicemail from Idris. And in this cheesy metal voice, Vanguard, live at Dock Street, one last time with Mike Alexander. And then he went back to a normal speaking voice. Yeah, man, we need you. I'm like, that was quick. So just like that, I was to meet up with them at Phoenix Studios for rehearsals. And I had no objections as Phoenix, which is still open today, was far closer to my house than Future Star Studios. But I'd eventually change my mind regarding my opinion on Phoenix within a year. And by the way, Phoenix is spelled F-E-I, no, F-E-N-I-X as opposed to uh, P-H-E-O, where the fuck? Um, and I'm pretty sure that one of the co-owners of the studio named it after his band Phoenix Down. Again, F-E-N-I-X. So we did two rehearsals, and at my request, we would recover, we would cover South of Heaven by Slayer, which would be how we opened our set at the show. Rehearsals were strange. And not just because I was nagged into doing a second practice either, because I just wanted to do one practice and then be done with it. Joe Ryder was brought back as the band's bassist. He was our first bassist of the band, which was a welcome return, as things had apparently gone very south with John. Um, John was not a good bassist, but he was significantly easier to be around. And Chad even commented in the middle of that first rehearsal, are things a lot less tense now? And he was right. And that's why I found it weird when John showed up for that second rehearsal two nights later. If I'm not mistaken, he had manipulated Joe to believing the band kicked him out without telling him, which was not the case at all. I imagine Chad, Idris, and Chris must have realized that it was way too close to the night of the show to do anything about it right there and that the situation would have to be handled after the show. What was more amusing because of this was that John wanted to talk to me after the rehearsal. I had agreed, thinking he was going to make plans to get drunk, as he had this fake ID, extraordinarily counterfeited, perfectly counterfeited. There was no way anyone could have figured out that this quote-unquote 21-year-old was actually 17. We were going to make plans to do that one night to get drunk, but I was fired from the band before that could ever happen. See, I was the oldest one in the band, but I did not look like I was anywhere near 21. But hey, this guy had the fake ID, right? I, hey, I'm going to be 40 in fucking May. Do I look, if you see my Instagram, I don't look like I'm turning 40. John didn't want to talk about getting drunk, but he sure wanted to try to convince me to rejoin the band. Hang on, I got a yawn. (sighs) For anyone that's new to this fucking podcast, I do these things in one take. Although I might download Audacity or some shit just so I could edit these things and make them a tad cleaner and edit things and add things to it. 
John knew I was trying to put my own band together, but he was going to try to convince me to rejoin anyway. Chris, who had previously tried to get me to come back a month earlier, heard this conversation and immediately jumped in, even though he and I both knew he had other plans for John. And as these two are trying to goad me or make their case that I'm wasting my time or I just need to rejoin them, they need me, they need me. I, I can't, I'm looking at John. And I'm just thinking to myself, if this kid only knew. Um, I don't remember too much about the night of the show, except Doc Street was hot as fucking balls. As per usual, very few people were there for me. Um, I did have support via Mike Spinato, a.k.a. 80s Mike, a sucker for all things gay-ass hair metal, and Florian, or just Flo for short. They were two colleagues from my college radio station. Uh, Mike would actually take the pictures that you see if you click on the link to the blog and the main picture for this episode. And some of them came out really fucking cool. Um, in fact, the picture that you see on the cover of this episode, he liked it so much that he took the double. I, I always made doubles of all my pictures, and he wanted the double for this picture in particular. And I loved it because it kind of reminded me of a picture of Chuck Schuldner that I saw in 2002. Um, it was the picture that was used in Guitar Center to cover his uh, tragic demise at the age of 34. Um, it reminded me of that. So here's a quick story about 80s Mike. Um, Chris, at this point, and this is how things... Uh, I don't even know what I was going to say, but Chris at this point was dating the sister of my radio station's music director, Marissa, who had fantastic titties and probably still does. I guess there was a bit of a miscommunication between Chris and Marissa because, and I'm assuming Chris might have heard beforehand that a member of the band he was going to audition for happened to work at the station, prompting Marissa to tell Chris that the guitar player in question was this guy, 80s Mike who also happens to be her assistant director of her department, not I. Therefore, Chris, at least for a very short time, was probably waiting for me to break out poison or some fucking shit. Of course, he then heard me play, causing him to second-guess that conversation. Sometime before our first show, Chris finally asked me if I was into hair metal, which was baffling to me. But as he talked more, I realized what the confusion was, prompting me to laugh as I set the record straight. Uh, he had said that as soon as he heard me playing the way I played, he told himself that there's no way this guy listens to Rat. And thank fuck he was right. <laughs> Chris would actually meet 80s Mike a few weeks before I was fired during a gig also in Dock Street. And he told Mike this story while we were waiting to go on stage. Because fuck rat. On stage, our first song, as mentioned earlier, was South of Heaven. Chad played the intro a little too fast, something I know I talked to him about during rehearsals. Uh, 
I know he wasn't a fan of the song and he looked like he couldn't wait to get it over with. I took it as a bit of inconsideration for me since I had volunteered my services that night. Um, the set was otherwise all the usual shit. And I'm pretty sure I went straight home afterwards. Um, I'm pretty sure I worked that next morning. I hung out with Chris and Idris that night. I at least think Idris was with us. Chris had fired John that morning on AIM. For you younger fucks. <sighs> AIM means uh, AOL Instant Messenger, which became obsolete several years ago. And this was as a result of Joe uh, being driven away by him before this gig. And according to either Idris or Chris, John was bitching a lot about mistakes everyone made at the show, including myself. And I found it weird that he decided to go after me, kind of, not just because I was gone for good now, but because mistakes happen all the time when you're live, unless... You're in some fucking technical death metal band where your feet are planted in the same spot for two hours and the only movements you make revolve around circle headbanging. Or you're the homos from Dream, from Dream Theater. Because fuck Dream Theater. Those guys are more boring than octogenarians fucking in a nursing home. Those guys are more boring than an octogenarian orgy at a nursing home. Um, the band itself broke up not too long after this, as mo and most likely over the aforementioned second guitar's bullshit. Um, they regrouped shortly after that, only to break up again just as quickly. Um, so again, this is my final podcast. Last thing I'm going to say is, well, final podcast for the year. Uh, I recently released the hip the lift with hatred clothing line i'm going to leave a link in the bio for you to click click on it there's shirts there's hoodies stickers buttons even fucking shower curtains and lift with hatred is also on instagram now so i'm going to leave the link to that as well follow my ass on instagram for confessions of an angry metalhead follow the lift with hatred instagram buy my shit please okay buy my shit give me your fucking money and I don't know when you're going to hear from me again, because, again, I got other things to do. Go fuck your mother and die. <laughs>